You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Hey, this is Mike with the FinFans Podcast. Each week we come to you, we bring you our opinions on what's going on within the Dolphins organization. Uh, we uh, shoot straight, we, we don't BS anyone, and uh, here we go. Hey everyone, it's Wednesday and uh, tonight I'm here with Daniel Reinhardt. How are you, Daniel? I'm well. What's up, Finn fans? Glad to be back. It's been a while. It has been a How while. How long has it been since you were with us? Well, I jumped on briefly uh, a couple of months back, I think. But yeah. Probably two years or so. My my little man, Casey Taylor, is two and a half almost. Jeez. Time flies, think, uh, man. <laughs> it does fly. Yeah. I I think he was probably around three three to five months when I stepped away. So, yeah, just about two years. Well, for those who, who don't remember you, why don't you just real quickly introduce yourself and tell a little bit about yourself so they know who they're listening to. Yeah. Daniel Reinhardt, huge Fins fan, obviously. Uh, I was one of the original members of this podcast a couple, two, three years ago, two and a half years ago, or whenever it was we started it, I was on for- 2018, Daniel. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, I was on for the first six months or so uh, every week. So I I have three boys. Two of them are named named after Dolphins Dolphins players. So if that tells you what kind of Dolphins fan I am, I have a sleeve going and multiple Dolphin tattoos, live and breathe football, live and breathe Dolphins football. So glad to be back. All right. So we thought we'd uh, get your opinions of uh, the moves the Dolphins have made. Uh, We had uh, Lewis on a few nights ago and he gave his and tonight we'll hear yours. Sure. They signed uh, a tight end fullback, Seathan Carter. Uh, from the Bengals. Seathan Carter. That was the most surprising signing for me so far, to be completely honest with you. Being a three-year deal, there's only a couple of the guys we signed that weren't one-year deals, and this was the longest at, at three years. So I was pretty shocked by it, but looking at what he does, he fills a really good role. He is, I mean, he is a guy who will get down and dirty, get his nose dirty in the blocking game. And he is one hell of a special teams player. So I'm excited to see what he does for us. Yeah, I think that's their appeal, his special teams play. Uh, they re-signed Vince Beagle, who uh, was on injured reserve last year. Yeah. Man, I was looking forward to seeing what he would do for, for us on the field last year. And when he went down for injury with an injury, it was a real bummer. I mean, he did well in the limited playing time that he had for us. I think the best thing that I can say about Vince Beagle though, is that he helped us get rid of our old defensive MVP and Kiko. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to have Beagle back. What do you think of Malcolm Brown who they signed uh, from the Rams? He's a thumper. He's short yardage guy. Yeah. He's good on short yardage. My notes on him is good at short yardage, good at the goal line, good in the red zone, and a good pass protector. I think one of the things that we're seeing with with some of these guys that Flores is bringing in is he puts an emphasis on doing a role, uh, doing your job well. I mean, obviously, he, he learned that in a previous regime. But I think that Malcolm Brown goes right along with that. And being able to block in the backfield for two on third downs is going to be huge. He can catch. He can catch the ball. He's good in the screen game. 
And again, I'll say one of the best things about him is he's going to fill that Jordan Howard role, but he is not Jordan Howard. <laughs> okay. He is not Jordan Howard. It's the best thing I can say. To back up to it, they went out and they got Jacoby Brissett from the Colts. What do you think of that move? Man, look, jo- Jacoby is a, a solid pro. He's started a number of games in in the NFL. He started against us, I think, in his very first game. And uh, he's he played well for Indianapolis. Now, he wasn't anything that was, um, you know, he wasn't extra. He wasn't the guy who's going to go out and light up the field. But he doesn't take a lot of risks. You know, he's a career 60% passer with a career 31 to 13 TD to interception ratio. He's going to be a really good backup for Tua. I think he kind of fills in the same vein as Tua and fits where his teammates love him. You could see that when he was on the field in Indianapolis. So I don't think he's a, a threat under center for opposing defenses, but he's good enough to get the job done. So if we need him to come in in a pinch, I think he could fill in nicely. Yeah, Lou kind of feels, you know, if we're down a couple of scores, we're in trouble. (laughs) Yeah, well, I I don't – I mean, I would like to say that I don't see us being down a couple of scores, you know, a couple of touchdowns at least all season, but I think Tua is much more um, capable of bringing us back from a deficit than than Jacoby would be. Right. I will say this, I heard this on, I don't remember what podcast I heard it on, so I can't really cite it, but they were talking about Brissett and they said of all active quarterbacks with 900 pass attempts, he has the lowest interception rate. So on, on career passes, he only has like a 1.3% interception rate. So, I mean, that just talks about the fact that he's smart. You know, he's a, he's a good football player. He's not going to take a lot of risks. And let's face it, I think that's what attracted them to Tua to begin with. That's got to be one of the things. Yep. I mean, Flores is running the type of team where not only does he want you to do your job, but he doesn't want you to make mistakes. That's the TNT wall. You yep. know, I, I mean, just don't mess up. Do your job. Do it well. Don't make the big mistake. And everybody else who's doing their job, you know, the team's going to be a winner. Linebacker uh, Bernardrick McKinney, they went ahead and they uh, made a trade with the Texans and brought him in. What would you think of that move? The They call him B-Mac. B-Mac. Um, this is the guy, that actually, that I'm the most excited about. I mean, obviously, there's Fuller, who I'm sure we'll talk about. But Bernardrick McKinney, man, he's a dog. He flies around the field. He got injured last year and, and missed most of the season, but over the four previous seasons, he had 430 total tackles, 10 and a half sacks. I mean, he was always in the quarterback's face. He had 22 tackles for loss. Uh, for me, when I watched the Texans a couple of years back, two, three years ago, I remember watching this dude fly around the field, and I'm, I'm going to love this guy. I think Dolphins fans are going to love him too. Yeah, you know, I can barely remember two or three years ago. Uh, <laughs> and they brought uh, they brought in his punter, Michael Pallardy, and uh, he was from the Panthers. He's you know a middling punter. He's he's not uh, the guy we lost, but uh, obviously no. he's much cheaper, and uh, sometimes cheaper wins out. Man, this one makes me sad. Not not because I don't think this new punter is going to do a good job. I mean, he didn't punt last year. He wasn't in the NFL last year, Right. but I'm a Hawk guy. I'm a Matt Hawk guy. Matt Hawk is from my hometown, you know, Des Moines, Iowa stand up. I loved watching Matt Hawk 
I had some some Iowa pride with that guy on the field, and I'm gonna miss him. I'm gonna I'm gonna miss him in Aqua and Orange. And yeah, he had a good knack for pinning people inside the twenty, but he would shank one once in a while. Yeah, he had a, a rough go there towards the end of the season. Yep. I think he had a couple of rough games, but it was cool seeing him on the field with Jason Sanders and all those special teams. Oh yeah, um, yeah, the touchdowns too. Sure. Yeah, so I'll miss Hawk, but Pallady, I'm. You know, we we need a guy who can pin him back, a guy who can get some airtime under those punts, and let's hope that lefty can do the job. We'll see what happens. I hope they bring somebody in to challenge him, though, because I'm not I'm not real confident in what I read about this kid. Well, I'm assuming they will. Do you want competition? Yeah, you want competition in every position. I don't think the kicking game is any different, except for Sanders. I mean, you know, he's locked. That that's a great kicker right there. Really enjoyed watching him uh, <laughs> knock just about everything through last year. Yeah, you know Lou talks all the time about hitting home runs in the draft, and at what two hundred and ninety nine in the yep. draft or whatever it is, yep. Sanders was a home run coming out of New Mexico. Yep, but <laughs> you need some home run receivers and running backs <laughs> and quarterbacks and <laughs> guys. That I'm are gonna, looking, you know. I'm looking for a couple of those this year. Maybe maybe a Jason Taylor too, just to, just to go along with it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not greedy. Um, <laughs> Zach Thomas in the fifth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, quarterback Justin Coleman from the Lions. I you know what I actually don't mind this signing. Um, it's he's going to come in and compete for the Nickelback immediately. You know, and obviously a lot of. A lot of teams are starting three corners or starting that nickel cornerback. He's good in coverage. He can get his hands on the ball. He's got 41 pass breakups over his career. Uh, he played his best ball in 17 and 18. 2017 and 2018 was Seattle, where he had overall grades of 76 and 69 by PFF, but he really struggled in Detroit. And I don't know if it is because he – he wasn't as good anymore or if it was just that scheme or if it was Matt Patricia, but I do think this is a good, not only competition signing, but depth signing and a guy who can come in and probably make some plays for us. Well, speaking of PFF, they question the move because, you know, he's going to be working in the same scheme that he worked in in Detroit. Yeah. I mean, look, Flores and, and Boyer are good at what they do. So, I mean, they know the guy too, you know, I mean, he played in, in New England. So there's always that, you know, that familiarity and maybe he How'd won't that work start. out for Van Noy. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> New England got a comp, a comp pick out of that Van Noy. After, yeah. Uh, we signed Van Noy. So that's looking wise on their part. But I mean, I, I think competition, he's going to come in here and he's, Igbenogany is going to have to step up. You yeah, Well, that's you know? without a doubt. You know, we're. I think he in, will. I think he will. I think he will too. But we're bringing in free agent quarterbacks to come in there and take that slot nickel job if he doesn't step up and take it. So, yeah. got to cover your bases, right? Absolutely. The more cornerbacks, the better. Mm-hmm. We got six on the field at a lot of times. I thought we had six safeties. I lost count. I, I could be <laughs> wrong. <laughs> Brandon um, Brandon Jones looks like six safeties out there. Uh huh. Defensive tackle, Adam Butler from the Patriots. We kind of swapped uh, Godchow for Butler. Yeah, another swap, another Patriot guy, another guy who knows the system, who knows Flores, who knows Boyer. I, I You know, again, and 
I'm going to sound like a broken record and maybe I'm, maybe I do just have orange and aqua you glasses do. on, you know, but I don't mind this signing either. He's a, a consistent body in the middle who is really good in the run game. He's just going to be a rotational guy. I mean, he only played about 50% of the snaps in his four year career at new England, but he's solid. He's going to come in there and be probably our third DT in the rotation. He's just a good player. He's. I think we've already talked about at least three, maybe four of these guys that we brought in that were undrafted free agents. Right. You know, four or five of these guys we've already talked about are undrafted free agents when they came into the league. And there's something about Flores that he likes these guys who they got dog in them. Well, they're they, hung. They're hungry. They're hungry. They they got a chip on their shoulder. They got something to prove every time they're on the field. And, and really, I mean, Adam Butler's only 26 years old. He's played some really important snaps in that Patriot defense. And I, I think he's a good, solid piece. He's not going to come in and change the world. But I think he's uh, just as good, if not better, than Gotcha. You know, they went out and they made a trade with the Titans for Isaiah Wilson. And, you know, I thought that was a good move at the time, but uh, it sure didn't last long, did it? No, man. I mean, sometimes you just got to flip a coin, right? I thought it was a good shot to take. The kid was, uh, he was drafted in the first round, even if a lot of draft pundits thought maybe he was a second rounder. He, he had some elite qualities. He could really get off the first block. He's a big boy. (laughs) He's a huge dude. Um, Strong. When he was on the field, he he was a dog too. Uh, I mean, literally being from Georgia, but yeah, he just his mindset. He's not he's not there. I I hope the kid can get right as far as the professional mindset is concerned. You know, and and maybe get yeah. another chance in his career. Yeah, he's he's you know he's making every mistake he can. I hope that uh, he's okay and uh, somebody settles him down and. Uh, gets him focused on life because you can't go through life the way he's going through it right now. Yeah. The day before the news broke that we released him, there was a bunch of stuff going around on Twitter. Uh, He's dancing on top of cars and, you know, Facebook live videos of him and some woman just kind of leaned back in the seat, driving, singing to the music. He just, yeah, there's an article in today's paper. He got arrested. He was chased by the cops. He was doing 130 miles an hour. So, I mean, all kinds of nonsense with him. Yeah, boy, I didn't hear that. I hope, yeah. Hopefully he gets it figured out. Cause yep. I, I hope for any young person who's who's going through struggles like that that they can get it figured out. Got to have somebody in a circle sit down with him and just say, hey, but, you know, hey, we got we to gotta, we gotta slow down. <laughs> Yeah, most of the time as young kids when we're doing that stuff, though, we don't put those type of people in our circle. Yeah, probably true. Wide receiver Robert Foster from the uh, Redskins. What do you know about him? Uh, Old to a teammate, that guy. Yep. Uh, He is fast, really fast. Uh, From what I I think I heard somewhere, he ran under a 4-4, like mid Mm -hmm. 4-3s. I was listening to Travis Wingfield, old friend, uh, on the drive time podcast and, and he was interviewing Foster and Foster said he thought he could take Jakeem Grant or Albert Wilson in a foot race. Well, so he, he can think that, but <laughs> we'd have to that's, see it. That's what, that's what I'd like to see. Uh, I really don't think that he's going to make the team regardless of the fact that he was to his teammate at Alabama. He was also undrafted. He's kind of jumped around from team to team. He's shown a couple of flashes, 
when he was up at that uh that he, team up north yeah the but, one in the up 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 state New York. yeah the cold one with the yep. red and blue colors yep yep yeah but i don't i don't see him making the team how about uh matt scurra from baltimore the center you know i've i've actually heard i've heard a couple of different takes on this and one of the one of the takes was that pff had him graded really low and then another of the takes you know 800 snaps and only one hurry or or something like that but i tell you what when when you was watching that that baltimore team and scurra was on the field lamar jackson didn't have to worry about his center he also has that dog mentality. He's really strong. Uh, again, I'll, I'll refer to that episode of Drive Time. Travis Wingfield said he thinks that this might be our strongest center since Tim Ruddy. That's a that's quite the remark. So I do like his play strength. He he had some struggles last year with hiking the ball, but I think he'll get that straightened out. I mean, look, he's not a long term solution. As are none of these guys. None of these free agents are long-term solutions. I still think it's best for us to draft a guy, but I think you could do a lot worse than Skura at center. We'll see. That's that's the interesting thing about free agency, right? Sometimes uh, you get somebody else's damaged goods, and sometimes you get something a little bit better where they made a mistake, you know? Yeah, and look, man, it was like a $1.75 million contract for one year to get a starting center who's going to come in and and I think he's going to be a leader on that offensive line. He's got the experience. He's played in some really successful teams. I don't dislike the signing. If I keep saying I like this signing over and over and over again, I'm just going to sound like the homer. Well, the the only thing that concerns me, Daniel, I mean, honestly is, you know, he, he, I'm not going to say complain, but he, he was making a point that he's, he did fine except in a monsoon, but in South Florida, (laughs) we've seen some monsoons. So he needs to get out there this summer and he needs to make sure he's practicing with a wet ball because he's definitely going to have it in some game this year. Oh, he's going to be dripping sweat from his forehead onto the ball. Yeah, yeah, but I'm, I'm talking, I'm talking monsoon, monsoon, you know, the rainstorms yeah. that we get, and there's plenty of them in August. So he needs to get his butt out there in one and, uh, really work on snapping the ball when it's wet. Yeah, absolutely. This is just another one of those signings for us that, you know, it's a short-term solution mm-hmm. to to a long-term problem, but somebody that should come in and be solid. Well, I'm hoping they draft a center this year and end Me that too. problem. Uh, Me too. All right. So, well, the big signing, of course, was uh, Will Fuller. Yeah, man. Look, out of all of the free agent receivers this year, uh, I'm not going to say that I thought we'd get any of them, but if there's one that has the speed, the separation, the upside, the ability to really get out there and make a difference down the field, it's Will Fuller. He's got everything you want except durability. 11 games played is the most that he's played in the last four years. I think he played 15 his, his rookie year. You know, and obviously he had the suspension last year, but uh, medication issue from a doctor or whatever. I, I'm really looking forward to seeing him on the field with Tua and being able to get some separation and see what Tua can do with that, uh, that accuracy and that anticipation. Because I think a guy like Fuller, a guy that can get separation, is going to make a real difference for us. Well, they're thinking the same thing. That's why they signed him, right? <laughs> 
<laughs> Absolutely. I, I mean, we didn't have anybody that could get any separation last year. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about Tua not being able to throw it down the field. But in all actuality, he was pretty accurate down the field with a lot of drops. Will Fuller had 53 catches last year and no drops. So that's just another feather in his cap. Hey guys, this is Mike again, uh, breaking in for a second just to ask a favor of you. We would like to request that you go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review and rate the show. Uh, let us know how we're doing. We'd very much appreciate it. Thank you. And fins up. Outside linebacker Brennan Scarlett from the Texans. Lunch pail guy, fill a roll, come in and spell the other linebackers. I don't think this guy's going to come in and start for us. He's good with his hands. I was watching some some tape on him last night. He's really good with his hands and being able to keep the the lineman from getting him completely out Locked of a up, play. Right. Yeah. So he can he can push and he can pull and he can slap away and and make some plays. But he's he's not a guy that you can really count on either. He's had four seasons since his college career at Cal and Stanford in which he's had season-ending injuries. You know, 2011, 13, 14, and 20. So he's got issues in staying healthy, but he will also make some splash plays. He's good at getting at the ball, creating some turnovers. Uh, I don't like him quite as much as I like Duke Riley. but Well, that's how I was getting to next, so just go ahead and take it. Yeah, I I mean, Scarlett will come in and and, and play a reserve role. I think Riley will get on the field a little bit more, not only in special teams, which he's he excels at, but Duke Riley is a, a really good coverage linebacker. I mean, according to MiamiDolphins.com, 623 of the 70, 679 pass defensive snaps, he was in coverage over the four-year career. I mean, he he's just a guy who's very athletic. He's what an 8.6 out of 10 on the on the relative athletic score. He's going to be able to come in and, and help Eric Rowe against some of these more athletic tight ends. I think he's going to be a guy who's going to surprise some people. And and again, it's a really cheap contract for a guy who's going to fill a role, fill a need for us. I definitely don't mind this signing. Uh, wide receiver, ex-quarterback, Kay Loxley. Yeah, talking about Isaiah Wilson and guys who deserve second chances. Kyle Oxley is a guy, when I seen this signing, uh, I really was confused as to what we were doing. Uh, not going to get into the kid's past, but uh, he's had some issues of his own. The one thing I can say about the kid is he is really talented. He he was a Offensive Player of the Year in junior college uh, right here in my home state of Iowa before moving on to UTEP. He's had some some tough times. You know, and and I hope that the kid can come in and show something. But once again, this is a signing that I don't expect to be on the team come uh, the beginning of. Yeah, he's got he's got a long road to make it. Yeah, he's got a real uphill climb. Uh, Wide receiver Matt Collins, they resigned, and they also resigned linebacker Landon Roberts. Yeah, oh man, Landon Roberts is a thumper, ain't he? Uh, He's a guy I love to watch play, and and I'm excited to have him back. Matt Collins. I mean, there's nothing really exciting about Mac. I think he was a fourth-round draft pick. He's bounced around a little bit. Uh, he played a role for us last year, and yeah, I enjoyed he, watching him on the field. He had that big catch from Fitzpatrick. and Yeah. yeah he made one or two plays, but, I mean, yeah. his, his value is on special teams. 
he was he was definitely consistent when he was on the field and but he doesn't make anything splashy and and as a gunner on special teams he was great for us right that's his value yes sir so overall what were your thoughts if you had to grade the uh, team and their moves in free agency what grade would you give them well if we're going for free agent splash they got an f you know they've done exactly what zero of the fans wanted them to do and go out and sign the big name guys and go out and make a big splash. But for me, I would say that they've got to be here because what they're doing is they're signing the guys who they know are going to come in and fill a role. This is a, this is a Flores team and a Flores build of guys who know what they're supposed to do. And they're not spending big money on these guys who are, we're going to regret signing, you know, in two or three years. They're not bringing in guys who they expect to be the future of the franchise. One of the things that I've I've heard a few from a few places, and you know, in specific, Armando was pretty critical of these signings, saying we're throwing too much money at these guys. But but really, what they're doing by not throwing all this money at these guys is giving us an opportunity to to re-sign homegrown talent, to develop and sign our own guys at a later time. I think the one of the things that they didn't do was spend a lot of money because we still got to worry about X Man, and I don't think well, that that's they, getting they, enough they don't talk. Act, they don't actually have to worry about X Man. X Man is under contract. He is, he <laughs> is, but we all know that he wants a new one. And well, yeah, we do, but will they give it to him? That's the question. And that, you know, I, I'd rather talk about free agency. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm gonna go, I'm gonna give him a B, maybe a B minus, because they didn't sign any big name guys minus Will Fuller. We got a, a solid backup quarterback, which we needed when, when Ryan left. We got a, a wide receiver who's going to come in, and I think he's going to make a difference starting week two. And and some solid role-player guys who I think are underrated. And made a trade for what should be a starting linebacker in McKinney. Uh, yeah, so. and I love that. I love that move. Obviously, we'll miss Shaq Lawson. I think you know even before the season played out last year, Lawson was probably my favorite free agent signing. So it is sad to see him go, but I think we got a dog in McKinney, somebody who's going to come in and make a difference. And Daniel, I will tell you, I agree with you. I, I would also give them a B, not so much uh, for the talent that they brought in, but more so for the method that they used. They did exactly. not extend themselves. They did not kick the can down the road. They didn't do anything that's going to get them in trouble next year and the year after. Yep. And that is what I like, and that is what they should be doing right now uh, because they don't have the resources. You know, they, they came in to this year with uh, a reduction in the cap, unfortunately, you know, because of COVID. And, uh, you know, they couldn't see that coming. You know, when they, when they planned their rebuild, they couldn't see that coming because that was pre-COVID. So, you know, they, they've rolled with it the be as best they could, and uh, they'll come into next year with money to spend, and uh, they'll have a team with a lot of young players on it. We'll, we'll probably be the youngest team in football this year, if not uh, the second youngest team, but I would think we'd be the youngest team because they've signed nothing but young players. They'll have money, and, and they'll, have, they'll, they'll be able to decide who they want to keep. Baker's going to be a, a free agent next year. Kosicki's going to be a free agent next year. If they want them, they'll have money to pay them. So I, I think it's smart, and I think that uh, it, it, it speaks well of the future going forward. 
Yeah, I, I love the method too. It's funny we didn't talk about our grades for this before the the podcast, but yeah, um, I'm surprised we agree on it. But I think that that's right. I mean, well, we agree me- for different reasons, I think. But no, no, no. no. I, yeah. I mean, I like the way that they're handling it because of the method. Mm-hmm. We're not spending big money on these old guys or guys that broken we're down guys, right? <laughs> yeah, we're not giving uh, Mike Wallace contracts. We're not giving in Indom- Dominican Sue contracts. We're not expecting. Uh, getting these guys and expecting them to be the future of our franchise. We're planning on doing that through the draft. I love the way Flores is bringing in these guys. We talked about these dogs, these guys with a chip on their shoulder. Eight of the 14 signings so far are guys who came into the league as undrafted free agents. Right. You know, these are the guys that they know every play matters. So these are guys you don't have to pay a lot. So, you know, if they have a bit of an injury history, it's okay. (laughs) They're yeah. not going to kill you if you cut them next year, you know? Yeah. So, you I know. did have it. I did have an, uh, an interesting tidbit that I wanted to share as Do we it. were going, as I was going through this last night, I was looking at these guys and I thought, man, these guys are, there's a lot of undrafted free agents here. And as I got to thinking about it, I I'm like, well, we've seen a lot of undrafted free agents on the field last year too. I mean, Flores is kind of, you know, not only is he putting his stamp on this team, but he's doing it with a lot of guys that nobody else wanted. They're coachable. So, so I, I went back and I looked at, uh, I went to MiamiDolphins.com and I looked at the roster and we have 75 players currently on the roster. 37 of them are undrafted free agents. Right. And of those 37, how many will make the team? That's well, the question. Well, probably not, you know, not anywhere near 37, but that comes into the 49% clip. Yeah. Yeah, These no, are, it's, a, it's a significant number. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, it speaks to the testament that Flores sticks to what he says when he says, you know, I'm going to bring guys in who want to play. I'm going to put the best guy on the field. We've seen it last year. I think we're going to see it again this year. And, and I'm excited to see how many of these guys really make a contribution. I just want to say one thing. We give Flores a lot of credit for roster decisions and this and that. And uh, I, I think we have to throw some credit to Marvin Allen and we have to throw some credit to Chris Greer as well, because this is not a one-man show. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people involved in these decisions. I don't disagree with that at all. You know, I'm not trying to throw any shade at, at Chris Greer. You know, that's not why we're here, but you can definitely go back and look at what was well, happening. We before. have thrown some shade, shade at Chris Greer, and I think that's why he brought in Marvin Allen. He also brought in Reggie McKenzie, who's no longer yeah. here. But, uh, you know, I think he recognized that he needed help, and uh, uh, I commend him for that because he did need help. And, and Marvin Allen is a good talent evaluator, so, you know, it can only help us. I think over the last couple of years, it's gotten a lot better since Allen came in. Because I think that that was right when the Flores era started, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Yep. So it has gotten better. And, and I'm looking forward to seeing guys like Igbenogany. You know, he's got a real shot to make that draft class look a lot better. He's going to need does to step Tua. up. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's talk about him, you know. Yeah, he's going to. He's going to. If he does what he's supposed to do, then that class looks a hell of a lot better right away. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway. I think two is two has been two's got a rough break from a lot of places, a lot of people. I I agree with you. I think people yeah. just need to sit back and watch and see what happens. I mean, Lewis has been crit- critical of him, and look, I'm not going to say he's played great. He hasn't. Yeah. But I think we need to take the whole picture in and just relax and let Flores and the guys do their job and see what happens with Tua. 
Absolutely. He hasn't been Sam Darnold so far, so that that's good. Well. <laughs> <laughs> that's for another podcast. Yeah, he hasn't been Mark Sanchez either, right? Yeah. <laughs> no butt fumbles. Uh-uh. So, you know. No, thank you. Anyway, uh, look, you know, these things are going to play out the way they play out. I like to. I hope he makes it. He seems like a great young kid, and uh, he, he's the type of kid you want representing your franchise. He's personable. He's he's charismatic, you know, and and hopefully he's going to play better, and I, I think he will. You got no disagreement from me there. I agree on all of those points. All right, so got anything else for us tonight? I don't think so. Uh, just that it was really good to be back with you. I'm always here for you. Tell uh, tell Jim and Lou. I said I'm coming for him. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, I'll do that. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week, uh, next Wednesday, and uh, fins up. Fins up. All right, so that's our show for this week. I just want to remind everyone that the FinFans podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. 